Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Dr. E.J. McKenzie on Blog Talk Radio. Hebrews 11, 2, uh, 3 is one of my favorite scriptures. For the last few years, this is one of the scriptures that God has been dealing with me about. I shared it some kind of, some kind of way, fashion, form, in some kind of message. I, some kind of way I allude right back to this particular verse of scripture. Because this scripture, if we really understood this right here, we can understand everything. I really believe we can understand who we are, understand who God is, understand our role and our purpose in the earth, and understand the earth itself. We can understand the natural as well as the spiritual. Faith is a thing that pleases God. So therefore, faith is, I believe, is a foundation for everyone's life. We understand that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the scripture clearly says here in Hebrews 11 verse 3, by faith we understand that the worlds was framed by the word of God, that which you can see, the creative works of God, the hand of works of God, the material things that you and I see, the worlds. It was framed by the word of God. So worlds are framed by words. Our world is framed by our words. And, and, and I don't want to get, really get into this here. You can say the right thing. But from the wrong spirit, it is the spirit that really frames. No man knows a man except uh, the spirit of a man. So not the 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 material man, but the spirit man. No man knows a man except the spirit that's in the man. So so our worlds are framed by the word of God. So therefore, if that is being true, then I sh- I should be careful and mindful what I speak out of my mouth. We speak wonderful things in praise and worship in church. Then out of church, we speak contrary things. And so our worlds are framed uh, really not even by the positive words that we speak. It's by who I am that I speak. So I can be, as the Word of God says in the book of uh, Matthew chapter 12, I can be evil speaking good things. But he said, how can't you? But people are. He wouldn't speak good things. But it's the evil that I am in speaking good things will not come to pass. It's the evil that I am, the evil thing that I speak will come to pass. Because you shall know the tree by the its what? Fruit. Amen. For by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are what? Seen were not made of things which are visible. The things which we see all around us was made by the invisible. So we have two realities here. We have the reality of what is seen and the reality of what is not seen. There's two realities. Jesus spoke to the Father in John chapter 17. He said, Father, take them not out of this reality, but keep them from the evil that is in this reality. Take them not from this world, which you can see, taste, smell, feel this, this realm, but keep them from the evil that is in, uh, uh, in this world. 
or the evil that's associated, the evil that's connected to this realm. Don't take them out, but keep them from them. Now, why would he want them to be taken out, but keep them from them? Because to take it out, then the world would be destroyed. But he keeps us in this reality, who's not of this reality, to influence change in this reality. By faith, we understand that the world was framed by the word of God. It was framed. It was established. It was formulated. It was established. It was shaped by the word of God. So things, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible, positive or negative, evil or good, they was made by that which you cannot see. So therefore, God has called, left us here to bring change to that which you cannot see, the reality that you can see that is not in line with the reality that you do not see or the reality of the world that you're of. And the reality of the world that you're of is a reality of a world that you cannot see, which is invisible. We are the re- of the reality of the kingdom of God. John, I think, 7020 says, uh, 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 um, how does scripture go? Uh, uh, the kingdom of God comes not with observation. Nobody wants to be able to say, low here, low there, for the kingdom of God is with in you. John 3 says that which is born of flesh is flesh and that which is born of spirit is spirit. So there is that which is born of this reality and then there's that which is born of the reality of which you cannot see, which is of the spirit. So all of us is born in this reality. So I can see you. So therefore, then I ask the question, which one of you, which part of you is real? Which reality is real? You cannot embrace both realities. You, one reality is going to influence you over the other. Or you want to influence one reality over the other. But which reality is real, more real to you? The reality of the person that is sitting next to you or the reality of the person that sits in the reality of the person that sits next to you. Paul said, we know no man after the what? Flesh or the reality of the person sitting next to you. But we know them by what? The spirit. We say that, but nobody knows how to do that. I haven't met very few people that know how to do that. I mean, very, 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 very few people that know how to know a person by the Spirit. So the reality of the person that's sitting next to you can trick you, manipulate you, and deceive you every time. But the man that lives in the reality of the Spirit, you could never be tricked nor manipulated. If we live there, and it says stay there, if we live there. Because the Scripture tells us that in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. That man is not discerned. By this right here at all. He's only discerned by the Spirit of God. Are you hearing me? Is your reality defined by the Word of God or by the illusion of this world? What is your reality defined by? What do you call reality? What you see, what you smell, what you taste, what you feel, do you call it reality? It is a reality. But that what you see, smell, taste, and feel, is it contrary to the reality of the Word? So which one have you defined? Which one do you live in? Which one is more real to you? Which reality? So how do you define reality? Do you define reality based on uh, your bank account, your personal circumstances, situation, or what God has accomplished for you through Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, and ascension? What what comes out of your mouth reveals what reality that you live in, what you really believe. It really does. You are enslaved are you liberated by one of the two realities? I'm enslaved by this reality, by speaking and believing what I see, smell, taste, and feel. 
or I'm, or I'm liberated by the reality of what God said, what God promised, and I live by that. It sets me free from this reality or the enslavement of this reality. The reality of God. And it is amazing. I was kind of reading something. I don't want to get into this because uh, I, I, want to, I really want to tap into some things this morning. But I was reading this morning, uh, going through some scriptures. I was going to go another route, and the Lord brought me right back to this here because I, I, I thought he was over with But even though he was dealing with about the reality of God all this week. So, but my mind would have known that I'm going somewhere else because I'm going to deal with some promises of God concerning prosperity. And I'm going through some scripture, whatever the case may be. But it kept bringing me back to the reality of this right here. And one of the promises, not so much promises of God, well, one of the realities in the book of Ephesians, Ephesians is good. You want to know the reality of who you really are? Read the book of Ephesians, the book of Colossians. It really reveals to you who you really are, which really is contrary to the way you think and the way you live. But one of the scriptures in, in the book uh, uh, of Ephesians, one of the scriptures in the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, is talking about we have received an inheritance. We have received an inheritance. We received an inheritance. Wait a minute. See, in the reality of God, you have already received an inheritance. That's the reality of God. In the reality of God, you have already been delivered from the powers of darkness and translated into the kingdom of God's dear son. You already there in the mind of God, living here. But yet in the presence of God, you living side by side with Jesus, with him in heavenly places. That's the reality of God. But is it your reality? Is it your reality? The reality of God is that you are an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ, the Son of the Living. That's the reality of God. But what is your reality? I'm broke. I'm busted. Disgusted. That's your reality. The majority of Christians. But it's not the reality of God. So if you could so you could never you can never transfer the reality of God to this realm. And that's the key. Transferring the reality of God to this realm by believing what he says in spite of the hell that challenges you. The opposition that challenges you. The lie that challenges you. And what is a lie? A lie is anything contrary to what God has spoken over your life. It's a lie. But it's up to you and I to embrace it in the face of opposition. In the face of everything says, God lied to you. And you hold on to it and you birth in the reality of God like Abraham did. All the way to he was 100 years old where he could not, amen, do anything in his natural to bring the word of God to pass over his life. But he birthed in the reality of God by what? Holding on and believing what God said. Anything that is not of the word of God is an illusion. I'm going to say it again. Anything that is not of the word of God is an illusion. And so therefore, the majority of Christians live in an illusion. And what is an illusion? Anything that's contrary to what God has spoken over your life, what God's promised you, is an illusion. And who is the master of illusion? Satan. What does he use? He used the creative world, that which was framed. He uses what was framed because he can't use the word that framed it. So he used what you can see, smell, taste, and feel, uh, feel, which is an illusion if it's contrary to what God has promised you and spoken to you. But the problem is we believe it. We believe the illusion. What is an illusion? The word illusion means an erroneous mental representation. It is an erroneous mental representation. What is it? An erroneous mental representation. 
Did not the word of the Lord say in the book of Genesis chapter uh, 11, verse 6, whatever, get that if, up on the screen if you will. Genesis 11, 6. Genesis 11, 6. And this is the key. And this is, this is see, see, faith, and, and, and we're going to deal with, with, with this thing concerning reality because there's two realities. There's two realities. There's an objective and a subjective reality. And we'll kind of break that down with, uh, for you. We already know that you're intelligent, but we want to just kind of break it down just a little bit more. Can we just do that this morning? And the Lord said, indeed, the people are one, and they all have one language. And this is what they they begin to do. Now, nothing, now, nothing, now, nothing, now, nothing, now, nothing. If you only understood that there is a power in you, that cannot restrain you. And there is nothing that they purpose to do will be withheld from them. Not one thing. It said purpose here. Get in the King James Version so everybody can really see that purpose is. What that purpose is really imagined. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one and they have all one language. And this they began to do. And this they began to do this they began to do and now nothing will be restrained from them not one thing like god will be restrained nothing we want to blame everybody black folks want to blame the white man and and and, and, and oh, oh, oh we want to blame the government when he says nothing will be restrained from them which they what imagine <laughs> black man, white man, channel man have no power to stop your imagination. You can be locked in a prison, but they cannot, they can't lock, stop you from imagining. And your imagination will get you out of prison. It'll get you out of a hole. It'll get you out of poverty. It'll get you out of the mess, amen, that you imagine yourself. Get it in. You can get it out. Get yourself out. Now, nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. You all, everyone that enters into the bondage, everyone that is oppressed, everyone that is depressed, everyone that's experienced some kind of level of failure, you will experience it because you have one time or another, unconsciously you imagine it. And you came in agreement with your imagination. You can take that to the bank, baby. If you can, see, see, I'm going to tell you what our problem is with Christians. I'm gonna tell you why 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 we behind on we, we behind on a lot of things, because we want to spiritualize everything. We are a, a, a tripodomy or a tripod type being. We're spirit, soul, and body. The only thing we want to know, Amen, is spirit, 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 spirit. But God gave us a soul, psychology. He gave us a body, Amen, which deals with science and deal with the natural element. We don't understand the science of the man. We don't understand, Amen, the psychology of the man. The only thing we want to know is just the spirit of the man, and don't know that. God created the man. <laughs> are, are you understanding me? God created the physical body, but we do know we don't. We, as Christians, we don't want to. We don't want to talk about the body. Because, uh, we don't. Uh, or as Christians, we want to talk about the soul. <laughs> Would you have a soul? He formed man of dust on the ground and breathed into his nostrils, breath of life. And man became what? A living soul. Amen. So, so we so we talk about soul. Then it get new age. You start talking about oh, that's new age. You start talking about the body. Well, we won't want to get into that because, you know, we're born again of the spirit. But you're still living in the body. 
You need to understand it, how they relate to each other. God didn't give you something, amen, to relate. He gave you, amen, an objective, amen, um, specimen, and he gave you a subjective specimen. And all of them relate to each other. Spirit, soul, and body, they need to be in harmony in order for me, amen, to live a full life in this realm. Isn't it amazing that he come out of Egypt? put them on a diet and we first created if you put them on a diet why you put them on a certain diet because they still had to live in here and what they ate sustained this kept this what they did i mean it, it caused longevity but we want to get all spiritual with, with god i'm just going to pray over it amen and, and still eat what i want to eat Amen. He, so, so he didn't leave it. In some, you know something under the old covenant, the new covenant, the difference? He told them to do everything, what to do. He didn't leave nothing, just like little children. Now, but in the new covenant, we grown. We, now we're going to tell God what we're going to do, what we're going to do, whatever the case may be. Under the old covenant, amen, he told them how to live. He told them how to worship him. He told them how to give to him. He told them even what to give to him. He didn't leave it. He didn't leave free real over. But he told them exactly how to worship him, how to come before him, how to approach him, what to even wear when you approached him. He left nothing to you and I under the old covenant. And the old covenant have everything. We'll get into that next week. The Lord permit. Amen. We're not going to do no Christmas message. Amen. This is Christmas. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. But restrained from them, nothing will be restrained from them. Nothing will be restrained from them. My God, do you understand how powerful God made you and I? Nothing will be restrained. Nothing will be restrained from them, which they imagine, which they imagine. The problem, you just imagine the wrong, stupid stuff all the time. You always imagine what what's what what gonna happen and what's somebody gonna do to you. I'm not gonna be able to pay my bills. I'm not gonna ever have. Why are you imagining? Why are you imagining that instead of imagining what God promised and what God said? Why don't you imagine yourself debt free? Why don't you imagine yourself, amen, uh, 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 with a unified marriage? Why don't you imagine your, your your family is in unity and oneness and love and peace and joy? Why, why can't you imagine that? Know why you can't imagine that? Because that imagination, uh, that reality, is not real to you. What's real to you is this reality. And you, one of the two is going to be more real to you. This reality or the reality of the Word of God, or what God promised. And listen, listen, listen to me, excuse me. One of them is going to abort the other. You can take that to the bank. One of them is going to offset the other. You cannot live in both. You can be in both, but you will live in one of the two. You can be in this world and not be of it. You can be in it, but live in the reality of God. Jesus demonstrated it. He was in this sinful world, but he was lived in the reality of the kingdom. So he wasn't influenced nor affected by this world. That's why he kept telling the disciples, hey, when they said, well, we, what about this? What about this? He said, my God, have I not been so long with you? Don't you remember the 4,000 and the 5,000? And you talking about bread and food. I'm in this reality, but I'm not affected by it. I'm of another reality to have authority over this reality. Bread don't control me. I control bread. Only in the reality of the kingdom. And nothing will be restrained from them. So anything, amen, that is contrary to the kingdom of the word of God is an illusion. 
and a lot of you all have produced, and me myself, have produced illusions. Because we believe in tame and agreement. And the only way you can produce an illusion or you can produce the reality of God is by agreement. That's the only way you can do it, is by agreement. When you come in agreement with a thing, it produces. Whatever, whatever your world has been created, whatever world you have created, you have created it because you came in agreement with it. It's impossible for you to produce it without being in agreement with it. That's why I really believe, I really believe this here. If we begin to understand the principle here, that's why I believe that God put you and I in the midst of hell. So we can produce the reality of God in the midst of hell. In the midst of negativism. A negative situation on your job. A negative situation in your family. He will raise one person up to, to be a beacon of light. But what are you going to do? Why? why? So, so you can hold on to the reality of God to, where all this stuff is around you. All the odds is against you. But you're holding on to it and you're not compromising. And there's a day that's going to come as you hold on to it. It's going to birth the reality of God. And they will change and you won't change. You become the change agent. But see, you want to be the change agent. See, the problem with you, you want to be the change agent without pressure, without pain, without persecution, without lies, without scandal. Yeah, you want to be the change agent, amen, with everything smooth. In fact, it don't happen that way. Jesus became the change agent through death. They killed him. They destroyed him. This should help you to understand First Peter even in a greater dimension where God says, this is thanks worthy. If you suffer, doing good and you suffer wrong. He said, this pleased me. Why? Because suffering wrong when you've done good and you take it patiently, it produces change to the negative. But if you let the negative cause you to become negative, <laughs> you allow, amen, the illusion, amen, to produce change in you. Are, are, are we getting this? So, so this wasn't a part of scripture. Can I go, can I go somewhere? Go to go to, go to the, um, Luke six. A few years ago, I was at a church down south, and, and we were teaching them the kingdom of God and that. And I used this scripture concerning kingdom giving. Let's look at something, if you would. This wasn't the message, but the Holy Ghost just put it in there. And 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 uh, uh, I know the second service is going to be different, but he goes. There's somebody he want to talk to the, the, today, showing you the kingdom, a battle for reality. You have Luke six. Now, now, and when you go to Luke six, what's the first scripture you think about? What's the first scripture that comes to your mind when you go to Luke six? Verse what? Verse thirty-eight. That's that's the first scripture that comes to your mind. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running up your men, giving to your bosom. But you don't even understand the reality of that. Because you're looking at giving money. Healing is you giving you. And it'll be given back to you. It's, it's you giving, it is you giving a reality in the midst of an illusion. And you're going to cause that illusion to produce a reality back to you. I'm going to say it again. It is you who are a reality, giving into an illusion, producing change in an illusion, and causing an illusion to give back to you. Let me give you an example. Another scripture that we quote all the time. In Genesis chapter 26, when Isaac sold seeds in the midst of a famine, 
Here is a famine. That is an illusion. What made the famine an illusion? Was the famine real? Yes, it was real. But what it meant, see, what is real to one person is an illusion to another person. I'm going to say it again. What is real to one person is an illusion to another person. So here, the famine was real. Everybody began to leave the place and go into Egypt where there was plenty. God said, don't go into Egypt. Stay right here in the land of famine, and I will be with you. So he took seed, which was stupid to everybody out here. And he sowed seed in a famine. But in God's sight, God didn't see a famine because that wasn't a reality to God. It was a reality to the people. What was the reality to God? Abundance. But how was God going to get abundance in the midst of a famine? God had to have somebody that would trust him and believe him and take seed and sow into an illusion and cause the illusion of a famine to produce a reality of prosperity. That's what kingdom men and women of God do. That's why he put you in a negative situation. That somebody will believe him and trust him. And, 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 and when they lie, you can hold your peace. When you've been persecuted, you still be kind and nice. Why? Because two things is taking place. A reality of who you are is being developed. And a reality of who you are is being displayed to somebody else. Two things is happening. But the problem with that, God finds very few people that will come in agreement with him. What you do, you, what you do, you end up birthing the reality of what you see. You get in an argument with me, you say something to me, I say something about, what, 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 okay, what, what happened? Then I just became a slave to your reality, which is an illusion. And so now God can, can't do anything with you because he can't do anything with me because I just reject the reality of God, that I'm a man of God. I'm a son of God. I'm a man of peace. I'm a man of love. I'm a man of joy. I'm a man of patience. I, I just, I just, I just forfeited that reality. Are you hearing me? By submitting and responding to you because you said something to me, I responded by, and what happened? You are an illusion. But I became an illusion in God's mind, but became a reality in this realm. Are, are, we, are we getting this? Are we understanding some things? We got Luke over here. Let me get this Luke real quick. Luke, real quick here. Luke chapter 6. You should, now, notice what it says given, it shall be given unto you. You got 38? Now, let's go back up here to 27. 27, if you will. Luke 6, 27. But I say to you who hear, love your what? Wait, 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 wait. Come on, come on. Why should I love them? Because if you love them, two things is happening. It is creating and developing a reality of who you are, number one, and it's presenting the reality of God to your enemies. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Do good to those who hate you. Do good to those who hate you. What God is trying to do? God is trying to stop a famine. I'm going to say it again. He's trying to stop a famine. He's trying where there's hatred. If you love and do good, in the, because you are good and you are love. God is what? Love. Are you sons and daughters of God? Yes. Then you are love. Then you can't love if you ain't love. 
So he says, son, I live in you. You are love. You're born again. You are love. So therefore, I'm trying to get you to become the reality of love. How? By doing it. But how do I do it? Do I do it to those that love me? He said, oh, no, the sinners do that. Are you better than a sinner? Everybody said, yeah, then are you loving your enemies? So you can become the reality of love and the reality of good. It says, but I say to you, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. Verse 28, if you will. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who spitefully use you. But everybody here say they're Christians. Everybody here say they're Christians. And I guarantee ninety, high 90% don't do this. And we're Christians. Because only Christians can do this. Those that are born again. You have God in you. And he's trying to set you and I up to change this world. We want to change the world by taking sides and picketing. And writing up congressmen. That's, what, that's, that's how we want to change the world. You, no, no, you change the world. Jesus, he did things. He didn't protest. He demonstrated the kingdom. He says, bless those who curse you. How can you bless if you ain't blessed? You can't bless who curse you if you ain't blessed. The only way you can bless because you're blessed. And every son and daughter of the Most High God, you are blessed. So he, so he said, bless. I, I, I bless you so you can be a blessing. So what we want to do, we want to bless by giving money. No, 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 no. I want you to bless those that curse you. I want you to speak a blessing over their life. Those that has cursed you. And I want you to pray for those who have, who have spitefully used you. Have anybody been used in here besides me? Then what should you be doing? Genuinely praying for them. Praying for their success. Praying that God would grant them repentance. Not because of what they did to you, but because of what they did to him. Are, are you hearing me? Praying for their spouses. Praying for their children. Praying for their, their business. Praying for their ministry. When you live in that realm, baby, it changes you. It causes you to live in the reality of God. And there's no grip on you from those people that has cursed you and those people who spitefully use you. They have no hold on you. Why? Because you have blessed them and you have prayed for them genuinely. You are birthing in the reality of God in their lives. In the midst of a death, in the midst of a famine. You're causing change by your action, by your prayers, by your love. Are you hearing the Holy Spirit up in here? And the reason the majority of you can't do it because you're selfish. You're self-centered. You just think about you, what they did. I mean, they cursed me. How could they curse me? And I've been good to them. How could they do use me? And, and, and I was such a blessing to them. He allowed them to curse you and allowed them to bless you because he's trying to show, give you a revelation. They need you. And you have what they need to change them. They the one that is dying. You the one that have the life. You the one that is blessed. They the one that is cursed. You, you don't get it. I'm trying to break the curse off of them. How? By you blessing them. You can't bless if you're not blessed. And you can't curse if you're not cursed. The only way to put them like curse you, they got to be cursed. 
So God want to deliver them from the curse. So he'll find a human, he'll find a Christian. And to put the Christian in the cursed man's life, or the cursed woman's life, and let the cursed man, the cursed woman, amen, curse uh, the cursed man, uh, uh, the, the blessed man, the blessed woman, for what reason? For the blessed man and the blessed woman to bless the curse so they can be delivered and set free from their curse. But God, don't, he, he can't find nobody. Because when they curse you, you curse them back. When they use you, you use them back. So the devil killed two birds with one stone. So now you're an illusion. Because you live in this realm. See, we think what Scripture says, love not the world, not the things that are in the world. We think it's fornication, adultery, and, and gambling, and stealing, whatever the case may be. We should get a greater reality. All that stuff I just named is your nature to have to be changed. Let's go to the next verse, if you will. Verse 29. Verse 29. Tw- verse 29. It says, to him who strikes you on the right cheek, offer the other also. What? Yeah. I know that's a misprint. Ain't no way in the world. That, it's, 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 that, that cannot be real. That can- yes, it's real. Yes, it's real. Why? Because he know if they hit you on the right, the power of God in you can sustain you for another one. And their strike on your cheek, you don't get it, it sets them free. It's about setting others free. That's what we don't understand. You live in the reality of the kingdom of God. You are greater than any devil, any demon, any man, any woman, any boy, any girl. But you want to do it. You want to rule and you want to reign. But you don't want to know how to rule and reign. He's showing how to rule and reign. He's showing you how to capture souls for men and how to set others free. It says, to him who strikes you on the one cheek, offer the other also. And from him who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Other words, uh, other words, <laughs> see, we, we, don't, we don't get it. I only have two things. I, only have, I, got, I got two things up here. Two things, two things. Okay, you, now, 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 now take, take this away. He said, take it away. Now watch this right here. By them taking away, he says, they think they did some, offer the tunic also. And now, now you have nothing because you don't live in the reality of this realm anyway. You live in the reality of God by giving them that. I'm going to show you something, what God is getting ready to do. You just took that and I just gave you that. But watch what God gave me back for even giving you the tunic. Can I give you a scripture reference to that? Here's the scripture reference. Here's the scripture reference. Abraham had a nephew named Lot. When Abraham began to prosper, Lot began to prosper along with him because he was in relationship with Abraham. They grew, he stopped prospering so much that, that they, they flocks began to grow, that Lot's herdsmen began to argue with Abraham's herdsmen. So he said, the land is too, uh, I mean, your, your, your herds, my herds, they just, it's just too much for the land that we're living in. He said, I tell you what, you choose. See, when you're a kingdom man, you let the person choose. So Lot chose the best watered land. He chose the land that was watered green and flush. He, that's, that's what he chose. Whatever you choose, I just take the opposite. So when you're a kingdom man, wherever you go, if, if, even if it was a desert, 
Because you're a kingdom man, you're willing to give up the best. And God will put you in a desert. And God will make the desert out of oasis because of your reality with God. He didn't trust in the the natural. Well, I'm the senior person. You came with me. You didn't have nothing. You, I mean, because you, because you with me, you have exploded. Look how you have grown. You're wealthy because of your relationship with me. Mm-hmm. So he took the, the watered land. He took the plains where it was green and luscious and, and a lot of water. Abraham went somewhere else. See, you can go somewhere, but God ain't with you. The favor ain't with you. You can go over here and, 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 and this, see, this reality it looks like it's prosperous, green, uh, all the water that your animals would need. And over here, you live in another reality. A reality that has the power over this reality. But living in this reality, without the reality of God, it'll dry up. It will become eventually a Sodom and a Gomorrah. What was good, what was green, what was luscious, what was prosperous, it'll turn into a Solomon Gomorrah. Over here, where it seemed like nothing, God will cause water to come out of the ground. He'll cause whale water. He'll cause you to dig whales and water come out of the ground. And what was, what was dried up now become a watered place because of your reality. So he says, and from him who takes away from you, give me a cloak also. See, we, 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 we walk around defeated because somebody took your stuff. And you, 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 you oppressed and depressed and you're defeated because somebody took your stuff. And when you all heard my testimony, what people have done to me. Forty-four grand, one daughter. Sold my business with a business, sold it, took the money, another one. I go story after story after story, but you don't hear me complaining. You don't hear me murmuring. You don't hear me grumbling. You don't hear me whatever the case may be because I live in the reality that nothing can happen to me unless God permitted to happen. I live in that. And God hear me talking to y'all today. I genuinely pray for these people. Genuinely pray for them. I don't hold them in bondage. I don't hold them in slavery. I see that. I see them from time to time. Shake their hand, hug their neck, and don't say nothing about my money either. Because I have released it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because I, I am who I am because of the grace of God. I've gotten where I've gotten because of Him. Listen, this thing is real, church. He'll allow people to allow on you. He'll allow people to take advantage of you. How are you going to respond? Will you respond as a kingdom man or kingdom woman? Or you respond by living in this reality? Full of anger, full of hatred and bitterness and unforgiveness and resentment. Which controls this reality. Let's go to the next verse, if you will. Verse 30. Give to everyone who asks of you. And from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. He said, who take it away, not what you give to them. Give to everyone who asks of you. And from him who takes away your goods, do not even ask it back if they take it away. What reality are you living in? You took my stuff. 
I did not understand these scriptures when God was processing me under Dr. Brown. Before I got saved, I had received as a gift a beautiful go watch. There's a young man that Dr. Brown was mentoring named Jeff. And, and he allowed Jeff to stay with the house. And uh, one, one, I'm, I'm going to show you all something. <laughs> you, God, know how to process it if you really want to go with God. One matter of fact, uh, 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 Dr. had somebody pick me up for church because I live with him. He and Jeff came a little later. Jeff comes there in one of my suits. Went in my bedroom, my closet. Put on my clothes. Without even asking me. And Dr. Brown let him, this boy, do this. Are, are you hearing me? And then when I went to my room to find, look for my watch, my watch was gone. Dr. Brown never returned. He never paid for the watch. He never said anything. The guy said he didn't take it. And that was the end of the story. What was God doing? God was trying to deliver me from this reality. He was trying to deliver and set me free. Now, 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 granted, today I got about 20, 30 watches. Came away of them all. If when you're delivered from this reality, you have dominion over this reality. I got clothes galore. I give clothes away. I give clothes away all the time. I got stuff. I don't even, I haven't even wore. Sitting in my closet. Every once in a while I look at it. Oh, I ain't wore that. Let me remember put this on. I'm not, I'm not called about clothes. I'm not called about jewelry. Tell another priest. I got so much jewelry. I'm not even a jewelry person. I'm really not. I, probably, I, I wear this ring here the majority of the time. And I got about 20 rings. And I ain't talking about fake. Fool's gold. I'm that real with diamonds in it. But I'm not a jewelry person. Diamonds or rubies or whatever the case may be. I, I, I'm really not a jewelry person. At all. I got about a three, four thousand dollar that 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 next every once in a while y'all see me do a cross on with them diamonds in. I have never wear that thing. Every once in a while, I'm not really a jury person. So God, see, see, because I'm delivered from this realm, He'll give you dominion over this realm. But but how could He give you dominion in this realm? But if He don't test you in this realm to transition you from this realm, and that's why first fruit sounds stupid. It sounds crazy. It don't make no sense. Giving people your money. It ain't yours. He's trying to give you some. And that's what we don't get. That's what we don't get. And, and I guarantee you, I guarantee you, not everybody, the majority of people that do it, the moment you get excited about it, when you hear a message like you hear last week, but the time you execute it, as soon as you execute it, man, that devil wants to bombard your mind. Isn't that right? Isn't that right? Mm. Now they're going to watch your mind and say, you fool. How are you going to pay your bill? I've been there. <laughs> Hearing his voice. You've got to fight with everything you're, you're being. That's why this word got to become a reality to you more than what's coming at you. Are you hearing me? He said, and from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. Do not ask them back. But it's my, do not ask them, but it's my, do not ask them back. Yeah, yeah. But why would God say it? Because he wants you to have dominion over it. 
And and by them taking back, they, they, they think they're getting over. They're not giving over. And see, God is not even concerned about them getting over. He's concerned about your attitude being displayed to them. He's trying to show them a reality that they have never seen before in you and through you. Don't they know that, that, they, that I took this from them? How did they treat me so kind? How did they treat me so nice? And, and I know they know. But you're free from it. Because nobody can take anything away from you by living in this reality that would have coming back to you in abundance. This reality, the reality that God brings things in abundance in this reality, but it's got to be released in this reality for this reality to bring it back in abundance in this reality. Are you hearing me? Verse, verse 31, if you will. Notice what it says. Is, and just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. It then says, it knows what it says. Notice what it says. And just as you want men to do, it didn't say just as men do to you. It didn't say that. It said just as you want men to do to you. See, 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 you want to, no, 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 see, you want to do what they do to you. No, it didn't say do to them what they do to you. He said do to them as you want them to do to you. Live in that realm. You also do to them likewise. Verse 32. And listen to this right here. But if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. Do you have a sinner's anointing on your life this morning? Do you have a sinner's grace on your life this morning? But you're a Christian. But what kind of grace you have in your life? What kind of knowing you have left, and what reality are you living in? Are you living in a sinner's reality or are you living in a Christian reality or a kingdom reality? What reality are you living in? It says here, notice what it says. Now, everybody pay attention. Don't get distracted now. Because that's what it is. See, they want you to get distracted with this right here. Because you've been telling everybody you're a Christian. Amen. We just saw what a Christian is supposed to live like. A kingdom man. Didn't we just see it? He says, love your enemy. It did not say that. Amen. So he says, but if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? You, 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 have, you have no credit. You have, you have nothing that has been deposited in your spiritual account. You have no credit. None. He said, what credit is you? But even sinners love those who love them. Verse 33. We talk about living in two realities. What reality are you living in? The reality of this world. That was created by the word of God? Are you living in the reality of the word of God that created this world? Which reality are you living in? It says, if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? He says, for even sinners do the same. So what reality? Are you living in a sinner's reality? Or are you living in a kingdom reality? Are you a sinner today? Now, everybody says, no preacher, I am a Christian. Well, we, it, it, it's already letting us know. It's, it's telling us we're Christians. It's, it's, it's telling us. No, no, I, I'm a Christian. No, 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 are you? Because do you love those who love you? Do you only do good to those who do good to you? And the best thing, Christmas is getting ready to show up. Uh-huh. Chris, Christmas is coming around, right? Amen. A couple more weeks. Uh-huh. Uh, what y'all gonna do? I'm, 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 I'm gonna buy my mama some. I'm gonna buy my daddy some. I'm gonna buy my brother some. I'm gonna buy my sister some because I know daddy gonna give me some. Mama gonna give me some. Brother gonna give me some. Sister, so sinner. Oh, sinner. Oh, I'm gonna get my girlfriend and my boyfriend and my boyfriend and my girl gonna give me sinners. Sinners. 
It's in reality. But who who going to do good to somebody during Christmas that can't do good back to you? For you to become a Christian. For you to live in the reality of God this year. Hmm. Or, or, or who going to be spirit led? Because somebody may be able to give back to you, but God tell you to give it to them anyway. A battle for reality. It's up to you what reality you're going to live in. So do good to those. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? What credit? You have no credit. Do anybody have any credit in their account? Your spiritual account? Is there any credit in your spiritual account? Do you have any? When was the last time you did good to somebody, uh, did good to somebody that haven't done good to you? When was the last time you loved somebody that didn't love you? When was the last time you loved your enemy? When was the last time you blessed somebody that cursed you? When was the last time? So you can have some credit in your account. Verse 34. Verse 34. And if you lend to those whom you hope to receive back, what credit? What credit is that to you? Have you anybody ever lend to somebody and say, oh, don't pay it back? Sinners anointing. You all remember. Karen's home going service. We was at the gravesite, and another church was at the gravesite. Had about ten funerals that day, and um, the truck, the church truck, hit my car. Yeah, the S class got they bent the fender on the side there. They bent it. The deacon that was driving the truck van gave his card. And everything. So I took it to the Mercedes and got the estimates $2,800 to get it fixed. Almost $2,900 to get it fixed. I called the church up and called support the pastor. Uh, I faxed over them the estimate what it's going to cost me to get my car fixed. Then all of a sudden, God started dealing with me. I told my wife, I said, you know, the Lord is dealing with me to take care of this matter and release this church from the obligation. And, 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 and so, so the church called last week and, and, and left a message. So I called them back, uh, on, uh, uh, Thursday. Said the pastor was trying to get, get a hold to you to see how, uh, you want, you want the check. Do you want the check to be sent to the Mercedes, uh, uh, Ben place or you, uh, how you want the check to be written? I said, I'll tell you what, have the pastor give me a call. So well, he's in, he's in, uh, court today. He called me back on Friday. He left a message and told me who he was. This is Pastor So, uh, 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 trying to get a hold of you. So I called him back and said, hey, Pastor, how are you doing? He's a man of God. I'm trying to get a hold of you. I apologize. You know, in other words, he was trying to say, we ain't trying to delay the process. We really were trying to get a hold of you, but we weren't able to get a hold of you. So he uh, just got on for so I apologize. I said, well, hold, hold it, Pastor. Just hold it. I said, the Lord began to deal with me. I said, matter of fact, I told the secretary that uh, tell him the Lord be dealt with me about something. Have him give me a call. So he said, he said, the secretary so he told me that you said the Lord dealt with you about something. So he was questioning, well, I wonder what this is. I said, the Lord dealt with me. So I said, I told my wife uh, that I sensed that God want me and my wife to take care of this and, and to relieve the church of his obligation. 
he's driving. He said, man, I'm driving right now. He said, Pastor, he said, it's not even the money. He said, but he was a principal. Would you share it with me? Just touch my heart. He said, if I wouldn't drive right now, I'd get out and start throwing my hands and begin to praise God. Because really, but he said, the principal. I said, but I want something from you. I said, what I want from you and your congregation? I said, I want you all to pray for us. I said, hold on, how we got we got ripped off concerning a, a building process a few years ago. They are, they are already, uh, uh, I knew the pastor that, the, I, I knew the, the Jackson uh, father, I knew the father personally before he died. I said, you pray for that God will uh, uh, open up a door and, uh, for us concerning our property. He said, Pastor, I would do that today. I get the intercessors and he said, the, 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 people, the, the, the leadership on Sunday and I tell the whole congregation on Sunday. Are you hearing me? Can you hear God and obeying? When it comes, are you free for money? You can't be free for money if you live in, in this realm. You've got to live in this realm, so I trust God. Are, are you hearing the Holy Ghost up in here? Is it, if you lend to those who lend to see, I live this stuff. First fruits, I live. I'm not afraid of money. I will always have dominion over it by the grace of God. I will dominate it. I will have dominion over it. I will be a lender, not a brother. I will be a giver. I will live in the realm of giving. Giving, it sets you free. See, giving is not about money. It's about your life. When he says, bless, love your enemies, when you love somebody, you're giving to somebody. It's impossible to love without giving. Impossible. And I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about yourself. That's what, that's what giving is. Blessing is giving, not just money, yourself. When you can encourage somebody, just lied on you. You're forgetting about you and giving. See, see. The, the, the power is in the giving. Because the moment you stop giving is the moment you start dying. Those people don't understand. Death comes as a result of a lack of giving. So you hurt me. First, I love you. And we, everything is smooth as long as you love me and everything is smooth. But the moment you hurt me, you say something and I stop giving, I start dying. You only can live by giving. You only stay alive by giving. Because when I stop giving, I'm operating unforgiving. That's what unforgiveness is, is ungiving. You cease to give. That's what unforgiveness is. When a husband and a wife stop being cordial, like the way you when she do something, he do something, and it stop. When I do something to offend you, what the case may be, because if I'm living in one room, you live in another room, I'm going to always offend you. If I'm living in one reality, you live in another reality, I'm going to always offend you. I'm going to say something that don't make no sense to you. It's going to sound crazy to you. Because you're living in one reality. I'm trying to get you into another reality. And you don't understand. You ain't fighting. You, you, you hurting yourself by not yielding submitting to me. To try to pull you into a reality so you can overcome this reality. Of living in your feelings and your emotions and what you see, hear, smell, taste, and feel. Are you hearing me? It says, and if you lend to those who lend to you, 
if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that? For even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much back. I don't have a sinner's anointing. Somebody say, I don't have a sinner's anointing. But I will live in the reality of the kingdom of God. Verse 35, if you will. Notice what it says here. I love it. But love your enemies. Do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return. And your reward will be what? Great! Everybody want great? Everybody want great. But everybody's not willing to do great. What is doing great? Doing great is loving your enemies. What's going on? Doing good. What is loving? What is being great? Lending, hoping for nothing in return. That's prepare you for the great reward. And then it goes on to say after that, and you will be sons of the Most High, and you will be anything you are. You will be. If you do this, Christians, you will be a Christian. You will be a son of God. If you do this, not come into my life, be my Lord and my Savior. No, 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 no. If you do this, are you saved? Yes, I'm saved. How do you know you're saved? Because I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Religious? Because that's what you hear and everybody say. But you haven't experienced it. This is lordship. This is lordship. When Jesus can love your enemies through you and be good to your enemies through you, and when Jesus can lend, hoping for nothing in return, through you. How are you getting this? Huh? What reality are you willing to live in? A battle for reality, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for He is kind to the unthankful and evil. He is what? Kind to the unthankful and evil. He is what? Kind! So He's trying to tell you. So, so if you're going to be the sons of the Most High, because I'm kind to the unthankful and the evil, if you're going to be sons of the Most High, then you're going to love your enemies. That's being kind. And you're going to do good to them, or do good to your enemies. That's being kind. And you're going to lend, hoping for nothing in return. That's going to be kind to the unthankful and the evil. Balance gospel. Balance gospel. So we've been tricked. We've been lied to. Oh, man, I'm going to be a millionaire. Oh, I'm just going to, I know God's going to bless. No, 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 no. He said, great will be your reward if you do this. That's how your reward become great. Do you still want a great reward? Hmm? Hmm? Then that means today you're going to go home and get it right with some enemies. Today you're gonna go home and get it right with some folks that you know that don't lie on you, would persecute you, what the case may be. You 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 gonna humble yourself, huh? Amen. And 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 you're gonna be willing to take the blame. Here's here's another one. Since I just I just quoted that scripture, here's his kingdom mindset. Here's living in in, in the reality of God. First Corinthians chapter six. Somebody go there real quick if you will. First Corinthians chapter six in your Bibles. Let's look at something real quick if you will. Let's look at something. Start with verse 1. First Corinthians chapter 6, start with verse 1. Get that on the screen if you will. A battle for reality. A battle for reality. Dare any of you have any matter against another? Go to the law before the unrighteous and not before the saints? What, what do the saints do? 
Go to the unrighteous. Uh, we we go sue each other. Here he said, he said, I dare y'all. Calling yourself Christians. Taking each other before the sinner, the judge, which is a sinner. He said, I dare you. But they 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 ripped me off. Now what if the church didn't want to fix my car? I'm gonna sue them. I got pictures and everything. He said, there any of you. What reality am I living in? Because to sue somebody that's being selfish, I don't trust God. I don't trust that God can get it back to me, what they stole from me, what they ripped me off. I don't believe that, that the reality of God is greater than the reality of this realm. That's what I said, love not the world. I'm acting just like the world. I'm acting like a sinner. Oh, this is tight, ain't it? Huh? I pray that God is bringing conviction for change. Let's go to verse 2, if you will. Verse 2. Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? The saints will judge who? The world that you go into. The world that you stand in before to judge the saints. He said, you're going to judge, but you're going to bring, you're going to put yourself in a position for them to judge you. You're going to put yourself in a position for them, but, 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 but you don't know. You don't know how they just ripped me off. Well, what reality are you living in? Is the reality of God greater than this reality? What's this right here? Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world will be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matter? You cannot bring it before the church and let the church judge the matter. But you will bring it before the world. Verse 3. Do you not know that we shall judge angels? Oh, y'all didn't know that, did you? We're going to judge angels, the fallen angels. How much more things that pertain to this life? We can't judge it. Next verse. Next verse. When y'all going through whatever you go through, who y'all take y'all foolishness to? Do y'all bring it before the church? Do you bring it to somebody that has the power to judge a matter righteously? Or you go to somebody that's going to stand and agree with you. That's what you do. You're going to go to somebody that's going to agree with you. You, know, you don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to hear God's mind. Listen, if then you have judgments concerning things pertaining to this life, do you appoint those who are least esteemed by the church to judge? Let's read it again. If then you have judgments concerning things pertaining to this life, do you appoint those who are least esteemed by the church to judge? In other words, he's, what is he saying? Listen, listen. Uh, 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 who been saved uh, uh, about one year? Anybody in about one year? One year. No, just, no you, you've been saying longer than you. About a year. He says, she should be able to judge it more than the judge that's a sinner. Take it to her. Verse 5. Oh, God's helping us this morning. I say this to your shame. I say this to your what? Shame. Why? Because you're not living in the reality of God. Is it so that there is not a wise man among you, not even one, who will be able to judge between his brethren? Is, is there any wise? Yeah, we got some wise, but the problem is you don't want to go to the wise. You want to go to the law. You want to go to the summer. 
because 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 the wise may not judge in your favor. I'm gonna share. I'm gonna tell you what. I'm gonna give you an example. Here's Lanika and 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 Rhonda. They have a situation. Lanika takes Rhonda's uh, purse. And 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 uh, and got some money out of her purse and, and took the money out. Rhonda said the person that nobody was sitting around here but Lanika. So Rhonda brings Lanika. Both of them come before me, and I'm hearing the matter. And then I say, release her, forgive her. Oh, did you remember? Did you know who I said? That that was my money. That that, that was my. Well, I'm not gonna go to the. Well, why you wanna go to the law? Because you ain't, you ain't judging it right. Why well, I'm not judging righteously. I told you she took my money. Well, release her. What do you mean, really? I need that. Wait, 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 wait. You think I'm being unfair? Yeah, I think you've been unfair. Because since you've been, you, you, you show partiality here. You ain't said nothing to her about her. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get you lined up here. Because what, what the reality of the world going to do it's gonna. It's going to do something to her, uh, make her a man go to another job, something, pay you money, give her X amount of time to pay the money back, whatever the case may be. And God is really trying to bless you, but you don't see it. I'm judging about righteous judgment, but you think I'm judging about carnal judgment because I'm not judging like the world would judge. Are y'all hearing the Holy Spirit up in here? A battle for reality. A battle for reality. Because reality is more subjective than objective. Reality is manifested or experienced according to what we believe. I'm going to read that again. Because reality is more subjective than objective. Reality is manifested or experienced according to as we believe. What's the definition of the word objective? This is a simple Webster Dictionary definition. Objective is belonging to the object of thought rather than to the thinking subject. Now let me break that down to you. Belonging to the object of thought rather than to the thinking subject. So that which is objective, anything is objective is what you believe based on what you can see, hear, smell, taste, and feel instead of subjective. You never saw it before. Subjective. Subjective do I have it? Uh, yeah. I was going to give some scriptures. But I'm going to come back up and deal with the objective. Subjective, existing in the mind, belonging to the thinking, subject rather than the object of thought. Other words, this is how faith comes. Your faith in your belief, biblical faith and biblical belief is always subjective. It don't, you believe even though you've never seen uh, 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 yeah. That means uh, your conviction is an internal conviction. It, your conviction never came based on anything out here that you could see, smell, taste, or feel. That's what Thomas had. Thomas had objective faith. I won't believe until I see. So, but the majority of our belief of faith is subjective. Now, let's look at some objective uh, God gave me this morning. I thought this was very interesting. Turn to, if you will, I'm going to get ready to close in a few minutes. Psalms 106, starting at verse 8. I'm going to go to 8 through 14. Psalms 106, verse 8. 
Thinking or believing based on objectivity. Listen to this, if you will. I think this is very interesting. I want you all to follow the course of this right here. And this is how the majority of Christians operate. It lets us know it's our faith is objective or subjective. Nevertheless, he saved them for his name's sake, that he might make his mighty power known. Verse 9. I need you to move rapidly with me when I uh, do this so we can kind of uh, end with this here. He rebuked the Red Sea also, and it dried up. So he led them through the depths as through the wilderness. Verse 10. He saved them from the hand of him who hated them, and he redeemed them from the hand of the enemy. Verse 11. The waters covered their enemies. There was not one of them left. Verse 12. Then they believed his words. When did they believe his words? After they saw what he did. After he delivered them. After he drowned the enemies in the Red Sea. Divided the Red Sea. He said, then they believed his words. They sang his praise. And that's what happened with you. When you see God move, yeah, you're so excited. You believe. And you begin to come in here and praise you so you feel so good. Because what happened yesterday, last week, verse 13. They soon forgot his works. They did not wait for his counsel. That's what objective believing will do every single time. Objective believing calls you to get excited when you see God do something. Oh, you believe his word. You believe his works when you see him do something. All through the word of God, not one of the children of Israel ever lasted or stood based on objective faith or objective believing. It could never sustain you. And that's why Jesus said it in Matthew 12. He said, an evil and an adulterous generation seek for a sign to believe. He called you evil and he calls you an adulteress. Why? Because to see something is living in the reality of this realm and not the reality of God. It is not subjective. It is objective. And that's why the majority of you, watch this right that's why I said, if I'm kind to you, you kind back to me. It's objective. If I show you love, you show. You said the sinners does that. The sinners live in that realm. The sinners live in a objective reality, based on what they see people do. They respond. But to live in the kingdom, to live by faith, is subjective. I mean, it's, it's subjective. It's living by the principle of the word of God. In spite of the odds that's against you, in spite of that which is contrary, you love in spite if you don't see love coming back to you. You're governed by the word. You're not governed by an object. You're not governed by what people say, what people to do. And that's why a lot of you fail. Because you say you have faith. And God knows his greatest instrument to expose our level of faith is time. He know it. Because time will expose if you live in objectively or subjectively. 
And when God don't move in the timetable that you have placed on God, you get a lot of like. You get oppressed, depressed. You get angry with God. I've been waiting all this time. And you haven't moved yet. I'm just showing you, you never had faith anyway in me. See, you said you had faith, and everybody thought you had faith. You thought you had faith. But I'm showing you, you never had faith in me, no way. You never trusted me, no way. Because if you trust me, then trust in me is not contingent upon time. Because you want to know something? Because objectively, excuse me, subjectively, subjective faith is you got it. Regardless of the time when it manifests. You are not moved. You are calling those things which be not as though they were. And the reason you're calling those things which be not as though they were, as though they were, because they are to you. Even though it's not in, a, in this realm, it is to you in the realm that you live in. And that's why you say it. And you're not moved. You're so happy. You're so excited. Because it's yours. Even if you have not manifested, because you're, you're living subjectively by faith. And not by sight. Are you hearing the Holy Ghost up in here? Are you getting something today? Thinking based on what is formulated in the mind without external references is subjective faith. Say it again. Thinking that thinking based on what is formulated in the mind without any external reference. Is subjective faith. This this is how this word was created. It didn't have an external reference. That's why people people that 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 become self made millionaires they are subjective thinkers. That means they're creative. They 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 don't they don't create after what they saw. They create what is cre- formulated on the inside of them, and they create what you see. Because what was developed on the inside of them. They live by faith. Even though they live in this room, they may not even be saved, but they have learned how to develop their inner man. And they're not moved by absolutely nothing. They're not moved by poverty. They're not moved by life. They're not moved by anything. Because they have creative minds, creative mentalities. Are y'all hearing Holy Spirit? And the only way you can do that, ladies and gentlemen, you've got to be free. You cannot walk around with bitterness and unforgiveness and resentment and anger. You've got to get free. Keep your spirit clean. Keep your spirit free. And that's how creativity. The Holy Spirit now has the liberty, amen, to deal with your heart and to deal with your mind and give you creative ideas and creative insights concerning matters and concerning things because there's no blockage there. Do you get anything from the Word today? Give a little hand of the praise for His Word. <laughs>